we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Going into uh, the next few uh, Sundays, we're going to be uh, walking into a brand new series entitled, Come to Your Senses. Come to your senses. I want you to look at somebody beside you and say, sometimes you just need to come to your senses. Come on, tell them. Help me out this morning. You need to come to your senses. And uh, we're, we're going to be exploring uh, some scripture and exploring this in a different way. Um, our anchor verse for this series is Psalms 34, 8, which says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, blessed is the man who uh, takes refuge in him. God is revealing himself in our senses. He wants us to experience a God that has experienced us. In other words, this next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how God has revealed himself through our five senses. We're going to talk about how he's revealed himself through our sight, our taste, our our smell, uh, our touch. Uh, We're going to talk about how uh, we hear God uh, uh, and, and how those five senses enable us to have a deeper revelation of who God is. So this morning as we dive into this, I want you to keep an open heart and an open mind to what the Lord may be speaking to us. Why? Because I believe it's very important for us to realize that God is constantly uh, trying to reveal himself in a deeper and greater way to his children. He, it is not his desire to be a God that you don't know. It is his desire for you to know, not just know him, but to experience him. And the way that he proved this is through sending his son. In other words, he wasn't a distant God. He said the only way to truly truly, uh, truly walk with them and truly let them know how much I love them is to be an experiential God. So he is a God that loves to experience things. So he experienced what it meant to be human. So the, uh, Jesus became what flesh, the Bible says, and dwelt among us, God in the flesh. In other words, when God came in the flesh, Jesus could see, he could touch, he could smell, he could hear, he could taste. All of those things went into uh, him. He wasn't. He was human in every aspect of being human, except for one thing. He was without sin. And aren't you thankful for that? Because if he had been with sin, then you and I would be worshiping a false Jesus. He was the spotless Lamb of God, and because he was the spotless Lamb of God, he could take claim to be the the supreme sacrifice for us. Because the Bible declares he became sin that knew no sin, that he might uh, become all righteousness. In other words, he became sin. He became what what I did. He, he, He took upon him the sins of the world so that I could experience God in a greater way. Today we're going to talk about our sense of sight. The creation story is one of my favorite events of the Bible. In other words, in Genesis 2 verse 9 says, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasing to the eye. God loved beauty. If you don't believe that, travel this world a little bit. God loved beauty. He loves the, uh, you know, I have found beauty in all the places I've ever traveled. I've been able to sense and see the beauty of God's creation. 
imagine. And some things just don't seem real. I've seen some things that seem like they're a picture or a painting that somebody came up in their mind, but it was God's creation. And why did he make it so beautiful? Because God is trying to reveal himself in the very creation that we see. He is trying to let us see more of who he is. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at different things. Sometimes I, I, I'm a little bit of a stargazer. I like to go outside at night and just stare up at the sky. I like to go out and, and, and look and search for shooting stars and different things. Why? Because I'm amazed at the wonder of his creation. I'm amazed at how God revealed himself at the, through the things that I see. Sometimes it has been amazing that I have sit, I remember sitting on a ferry leaving the island of Santorini in the, uh, in the Aegean Sea, one of the Greek islands. And as we were leaving that island, we were sitting on the back of that ferry and the sun was setting over Santorini. And I looked and I said, what a beautiful sight. But in the midst of that, I said, what a great God, because God was revealing himself through the beauty of his creation. God loves beauty. He loves beauty so much, he made each and every one of us. And to him, we are all beautiful. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible declares. God made creation pleasing to our sight. In other words, I look at it and it pleases me to see the beauty of this world. Does it you? Yes, Amen. Some of y'all just been looking at a bunch of endless ocean for a week. And you come in here and have the audacity tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. The wonder of the ocean, the, the beauty and the majesty of the mountains, the Bible says, declares his glory. Through creation and its beauty, God is revealing and showing his majesty to us. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived even since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. <coughs> so they are without excuse. I want to read that again. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived even since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. When you look at the beauty of the things around you and you look at what God did, how amazing is it? It only testifies of the glory of who he is. I'm telling you, nobody paints like God paints. Nobody creates like God creates. And the beauty of his creation testifies of who he is. Amen. Amen. We need to be more in wonder of him. I think that the major thing that happens to us as Christians at times is we lose our wonder of Him. We lose our imagination of who He is. I want to take you back to children's church today. I want to take you back to a child's faith. I want you to think about the times when you would hear about Jesus when you were a kid and the wonder that you would have about Him. I was on the phone with Brian yesterday and uh, he was telling me they went to Israel. So if you say Israel, you may be talking a while. All right? Is this great? It's awesome. And he was telling me about some of the places they went, and he, he was talking about the Sea of Galilee, and then this little voice popped up behind me. He says, that's where Jesus walked on the water. That's where Jesus was Daniel. The wonder of who Christ is. 
if we're not careful, we'll lose that wonder as we grow older. And all he'll become to us is a fire insurance policy. All he'll become to us is something that gets us out of trouble when we're in trouble. But I want to invite you today to look at the beauty of his creation. And I want you to look at the wonder of who he is. Amen? Amen? God invites you to see him. God invites you to discover the majesty of him. He wants you to live in wonder. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, We will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Then beginning with verse 16 through 20, he says, When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid indeed. The deep trembled. The clouds poured out water and the skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was, was in the whirlwind. Your lightning lightened up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your, your path through the great waters, your, yet your footprints were unseen. I want to tell you what this was talking about. What you need to understand is that the psalmist was prophesying of Jesus walking on the water back in Psalm 77. He's saying, you walked in the midst of the storm and your footprints were not seen. I want you to think about how wonder, uh, how great that is that prior to Jesus ever walking on the water, David was foretelling of Jesus walking on the water. He was saying, this is how mighty and great your God is. He lightens up the world. A friend of mine tells the story of a little boy walking home in the rain. And that little boy, every now and then, the light would, uh, lightning would come and flash up the sky, and every time it would, he would go. They would go a little bit further, lightning would flash across the sky, and he'd go. Finally, his father looked down at him, and he said, what are you doing? He said, if God's taking pictures, I want to make it a good one. You know, the amazing thing about that child's faith is he was in wonder of the lightning that, that lit up the sky is that, no, God may not have a Polaroid, but God knows your face and God knows your name this morning. The Bible says, for your name is in his hand. I want you to understand when you pray, God does not just hear some voice echoing through the halls of heaven. He sees you on your face before him. He sees you standing in your bedroom calling on his name. He sees you you crying out to him behind the steering wheel. He knows your name. And when you say Jesus, he doesn't say, who was that? He says, oh, that was Dwayne. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my beloved. I know their face and I know their name. His wonder is revealed through creation, his majesty, his glory. Psalms 19 declares the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun which comes out of, out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs in the course of, with joy. 
Its rising is from the ends of the heavens and is its circuit to the ends of them. And there is nothing hidden from the heat. He is declaring the psalmist the glory of the sun. And then he goes on to declare it is nothing in the image of God. God reveals himself through it. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you have been in the sun, I can tell. Some of you have not, I can tell. Amen. I really love the Facebook pictures where you've left your sunglasses on too long. Look like a reverse raccoon. So anyway. You can't hide from the heat of the sun. You can't outrun the stretch of the sunrise. He says, those things declare his glory. Those things declare his glory. What are you preaching this to us this morning? I'm telling you, God is ready to reveal himself to you in a way that he has never revealed himself before. He wants you to know the majesty of him, the wonder of him, the the glory of him. But he also wants you to experience the power of him through your sight. John 1 verses 1 through 5 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John is declaring that through his creation is the very power of him because he is the word. I want you to understand something today. When you see what he did by his very word, when he spoke, the worlds came into existence. When he spoke, the earth was formed. When he spoke, the animals came forth. When he spoke, all things began to live. When God speaks, things happen. And he says, if you see that in creation, you need to realize now that same power dwells in you. So when you witness what he did out there, realize what he can do in here because the word was made flesh. We know who that is. That is Jesus, the Son of God. I wonder if anybody has the word dwelling in them today the word made flesh the word that is alive the word that is real and I'm going to tell you when the word is in you resurrection has to take place maybe there's some things in your life that are dead maybe there's some dreams that are dead maybe there's some hopes that are dead maybe you've given up on some things I want you to understand who's in the room with you this morning that you can't outrun the sun you can't outrun the S-O-N of God he is in this room and when he He's here. Great things happen. The light of God brings hope where there is no hope, life where there is no life. I want you to know something this morning. He is ready to speak into you if you will accept it. He's ready to speak into you for you to know his power. How can you look and see how the world was made and doubt that he can change your life? How can we see how he made the universe? I love it. You know, they got the Webb telescope, and it's getting some amazing pictures. And they say, well, we think the universe is a little bit bigger than we thought. Duh. (laughs) 
Somebody said, well, why is the universe so big if we're the only ones? Maybe the universe is so big because God is wanting to declare his glory in the heavens. And make you realize when you read in Hebrews, he says that he one day will gather this universe. Wherever the end is, God knows. Man hadn't found it, but God knows where it's at. And says he will fold it up like an old vesture, an old cloth, an old sheet, and disregard it. And then by the power of his word, a new one will come into existence. I want you to know something today. If God can do that, what can he do in your marriage? If God can do that, what can he do with your kids? If God can do that, what can he do in your situation? Whatever it may be this morning, I want you to know if you'll just look, you'll see that God's glory is everywhere. If you'll just look, you'll see that God dwells in you, the power. Power of creation dwells in you. And when God says move, it has to move. Do we praise Him for the gifts of the beauty of His creation? No. We praise Him because out of that beauty He declares His glory. Do we, thank, do, we, do we thank God for the gift of sight that makes it easy to, to read His Word? We should. We're told in Matthew 6, verse 22, that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Let's do that again. The eye is the lamp of the body. Amen. Anybody ever got something in their eye? Couldn't see? That's a miserable feeling, ain't it? Anybody ever have to wear an eye patch for a while? That's a miserable feeling. Amen. I would tell you if you don't want, if you really want to get into this, just drive home with your eyes closed. But we don't want to do that. Don't do that. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying he says the eye is the lamp of the body. He's saying with the eye you can behold a lot of good things. With the eye you can see a lot of great things. With the eye you can see some things you're not supposed to see. With the eye, guess what? It's hard to forget what the eye sees. Anybody ever say that? Say this before? I can't unsee that. I said it at the beach a lot. I can't unsee that. They don't. I'm gonna wear a welding shield next year. I can't unsee that. I'm just saying what you're thinking. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if the eye is healthy, let's get to that. Do you think for one minute he is talking about the health physically of the eye? No. We need spiritual eyes to see spiritual things. And when the world has our eyesight, our life is dim. Are you hearing me this morning? It is time for some of us to remove the sunglasses off our spiritual eyes. And behold the glory of him. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Some of us are having a hard time seeing God. We need to ask the Lord this morning, what's blocking our vision? Where are my blind spots? I'm getting older, you may have noticed. If you have, I don't expect amens at this point. Help me, Jesus, would be appropriate. Or help him, Jesus. I'm getting a little bit older well, a few years ago, I noticed that when I would look, it looked like there was something floating around. I had a little dark floater in my eye. I don't even notice it now unless I make myself notice it. 
But I went to my eye doctor and I said, you know, what in the world? He goes, oh, that happens when you get older. You get floaters in your eye. I said, well, I want it to unfloat. I don't like it. He said, son, there's nothing you can do about that. That's part of getting older. I said, well, will I get more? He said, you could. He said, but, but you know, it, it's part of the natural process of life. Let me just tell you something. One of the greatest fears I think every human has is the loss of sight, physical loss of sight. Now, you may feel like you've got loss of sight because I know with me, I get teased a lot. I either take my glasses off to read my notes or I'm looking over them to read my notes. But my doctor says I don't need a bifocal. You'll tell me when you want one. I don't know what that means. I just want to see. So they give me corrective lenses so I can see distance. I have to remove my glasses to see up close. The point being, to see, I have to adjust my life to do it. Some of us are wanting to see God move in our lives, but we're not willing to adjust ourselves in order to see what he's trying to show us. And if we want to see clearly this morning, the first thing that we need to do is say, God, what are the blind spots in my life that are blocking my vision from seeing what you are trying to reveal? And those blind spots, we need to be prepared, can be a lot of different things. They can be a situation, they can be a habit, and they can be a person. They can be a lot of different things. But if we truly want to see what God has in store for our lives, if we truly want to embrace the path that he has before us and walk with diligence in that path, then we need God to restore our spiritual vision this morning. If you do a study on the throne of God, you will find that the throne of God is not like the thrones on earth. It has no back. Why does it have no back? Because God sees everything all the time, everywhere, anytime, anyplace. Some of us got a vision of God as this father time figure sitting on the throne. Some grumpy, old, outdated grandpa was like, hey, well, what do you say? I can't hardly see, son. What's Phil doing today? He sees clearly what Phil's doing today. He sees clearly what you're doing today. And one thing we need to understand is his gaze is not a gauge of judgment. His gaze is a gaze of love. And that gaze is wanting to correct our path so that we can fully experience what he has for us every single day. Some of us are not living our best life for Jesus because we have blind spots that need to be removed so we can see clearly how to walk in the path that he has laid before us. And if we're not careful, we'll get blinded to the, to the wrong things. And our spiritual sight will be dimmed because we'll make it about us and not about him. This morning, as we get ready to close this first sermon, my challenge is, are there blind spots that need to be dealt with in your life? Are there things in your life that God needs to remove in order for you to see clearly? What do you need to adjust in your life to hear His voice, to see Him the way you want to see Him? Will you stand Some of us see the world through our eyes.
not God's eyes. We see situations through our eyes, not God's eyes. Some of us are going to remain unhealed till we start seeing ourselves through God's eyes and not our eyes. Some of us are going to keep falling into the same pit of sin that we trip up and fall in every time. We can avoid everything else, but we, this one thing keeps trapping us. We'll keep on falling in that same pit unless we see clearly. I tease Dwayne a lot because I've known him now probably, what, seven years, and he's fell in about seven different holes. I mean, we can be walking, and he'll find a hole. He still says they put the one at Gordon Lee on purpose to get him getting off the bus. But, but he, he'll find a hole, and he'll, fall, he'll, he'll trip in a hole every time. And so I teased him on our celebration last Sunday night. I said, hey, there's a hole over here. You walk over there. As my yard, I saw, I knew where the hole was. And I said, avoid the hole. Now, I could have let him walk, and I guarantee you, if anybody's going to find it, Dwayne would have. But I love Dwayne, and I didn't want to see him step in a hole and hurt himself. God sees the holes because it's his yard, it's his creation, it's his life he made for you. But some of us are walking blindly through life, and we're tripping in the same holes because we won't take the time to say, Father, Tell me where the holes are. Show me. Show me what keeps tripping me up. Show me what's holding me back from being the man or the woman of God that I am supposed to be. God, reveal to me the things. Show me the holes. I know this is a different sermon, but I don't want him ever to be stuck in some rut. I'm telling you this morning, God wants to reveal himself through your sight by giving you a correction to see and as every head is bowed in this room and every eye is closed if you're visiting with us this morning you need to know I don't point you out and I won't pull you to an altar I don't, I don't do that but I do believe that there is a physical move to represent a spiritual decision that needs to be made in this room we can do a lot of things sitting in our seat but something amazing happens some of us see friends that keep tripping into the same holes we point them out and they keep falling in the same holes. Maybe we need to stand in for them today. Maybe we need to come and pray and make that physical decision that they won't make. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.